0: morning welcome to TF7 Extra. It's Episode number 59 of Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. I'm your host, George Riedes. I want to emphasize that all opinions expressed on this show are my own, and not that my present or past employers. I will never disclose any sensitive intelligence that I've been privileged to or a result of my current employment, and I will never knowing disclose any classified information related to any security clearances I presently hold or have held in the past with the United States government, and nothing I say during this show should be construed as legal or financial. Advice. So, first things first. I just want to apologize for my raspy voice today. I got a really sore throat; it's pretty painful. But uh, I just ask that you bear with me because I got some uh, important things to talk about to you today. So, welcome to the first airing of a, a TF7 Extra episode. Right? I've been contemplating, you know, doing these 10 to 15 minute short episodes called TF7 Extras for a while now. And it's pretty much outside of our normal cadence of a, a weekly one hour show that usually airs on Monday evenings. So, I've been thinking about doing this to cover some breaking topics in the cybersecurity space that are not only relevant and newsworthy, but have ramifications and consequences outside of just cybersecurity professionals. So, I especially want to talk about things in the news because we've been having so many great guests on the show, we've sort of neglected covering some current news events that I think a lot of folks are very interested in. So let's get into what I really wanted to talk to you about today, as I'm sure a lot of you know already. Marriott International revealed that hackers had breached its Starwood reservation system and had stolen the personal data of up to 500 million guests. That's all right, folks, 500 million people. Total nightmare for consumers and a possible treasure trove for criminals that will probably... Last them the rest of their lives, and facilitate decades of fraud against unsuspecting Marriott customers, who will probably never realize that the identity and financial crimes being committed against them is a direct consequence of their stay at a Marriott hotel. Right? Who would figure? But right? so those people. Uh, that could be victimized uh, financially by this by this, or our customers who stayed at numerous Marriott-owned Starwood hotels. And there's a few of them here. There's the Sheridan, the Westin, the W Hotels, the St. Regis, Four Points, Aloft, Le Meridian, Tribute, Design Hotels, Elements, and the Luxury Collection. So very nice, very nice luxury collection. So it seems like the attack was widespread on their network. So Marriott, reportedly discovered the breach into one of their databases a few months ago in September of 2018, and they hired a cyber investigations and its company to come in and investigate what had happened to their systems, okay? So, what they discovered was that the bad guys have had persistent access to Marriott systems since 2014, meaning that some nefarious characters were roaming around Marriott systems for four years, without Marriott's information systems or security professionals detecting the breach, which, of course, is going to attract the wrath of some of the major news networks and, of course, some politicians who want a grandstand here. And and certainly there's at least a few politicians who have legitimate concerns about the privacy of their constituents and their personal data, right? So, But oddly and perhaps interestingly enough, even though it seems that the bad guys had access to a ton of data over an extended four-year period including the names, addresses, phone numbers, birth dates, email addresses. There was some encrypted credit card data in there as well. And in some cases, passport numbers and travel histories of their guests, which I believe, you know, it, to be was the most egregious piece of data involved here uh, is, is the, the travel history. It's just, you know, that's just terrible. Uh, some cyber intelligence companies are reporting that the data stolen from the breach is not up for sale, right? And it has not been up for sale on the dark web ever. It's never been up there. So now I want you to hold that thought for a second because we're going to come back to that in just a minute. So apparently Marriott is still determining if the bad guys have the keys to decrypt the uh, encrypted card data uh, and the encrypted credit card numbers, which 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 would be good to know, right? That's good information to know, so let's give them a chance to figure out what happened. Now, one of the big talking points over this breach is whether or not this is a GDPR violation and, and questions around what the European regulators are going to do about any potential GDPR violations and fines. So, as everyone knows, the key dates and numbers to know here, are the fact that the GDPR became effective on May 25th of 2018, and this breach was discovered in September of 2018. Also of note is that GDPR requires a 72-hour notification of any potential breach to the government and regulators. So I'm unsure whether or not this requirement was met by Marriott, although Marriott has released a statement saying they did everything they were supposed to do at every single step of this incident, including at some point notifying the FBI or talking to the FBI who have have themselves said in the statement that they're aware of the attack and are, quote-unquote, tracking it, whatever the hell that means. So companies can be fined up to 4% Of global revenue for a violation of European privacy and protection laws. 4% of global revenue. That, ladies and gentlemen, can prove to be a very big number in this case. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens here with GDPR. So, of course, Marriott released some statements apologizing for the attack and telling their customers that they fell short of their expectations. And they also gave all of their customers an opportunity to sign up for a service called Web Watchers. And that's a company that essentially monitors nefarious websites for the sale or exchange of your data. And then they'll notify you of some evil or wicked force possesses some or most of your personal information. That's always a wonderful email or text alert to get. I- Ugh, I've got a few of myself. So I, I found the choice of monitoring interesting. But something smart that Marriott did and learned from some other recent high-profile breaches is that they made public the email address that they will be using to reach out to customers affected by the breach as early as next week. So the email address Marriott will be using to send notifications to affected customers is email marriottcom That's email marriottcom and make sure that uh, the spelling is correct on that when you receive emails. Now, the, the, the reason they do this is because other miscreants and scammers across the world are going to try to take advantage of the situation by launching massive phishing attacks against unsuspecting consumers because the attack has been really widely publicized. So people know about it. They see it on TV. They see it on the news. So if you get an email from an email address other than starwoodhotels.email-marriott.com, notifying you that you've been a victim of the Marriott breach, I would be very suspect of that email, okay? Very suspect. And whatever you do, don't click on any links or open any executables from that email. It's highly likely that that email is a fraud. So, one of the other big talking points of this incident is that the intrusion was discovered by Starwood after it was acquired by Marriott in 2016 for 13.6 billion dollars that's right the breach was occurring since 2014 starwood was acquired in 2016 for 13.6 billion and the breach reportedly wasn't discovered until September of 2018 so No matter how you slice it, that simple fact is going to stir the ire in a lot of people, right? It's going to piss a lot of people off. And it's certainly going to have investigators asking who knew what and when they knew it to make sure that they dot all their I's and cross all their T's with their investigation into this whole thing. Because, after all, history tells us that some executives, who may have lots to lose or gain here, may not be above withholding information or, in some cases, trading on inside information related to a breach of this magnitude, So, look, it was a huge transaction that took place between two very big companies here. And some people are undoubtedly going to be asking some questions and some people are going to be put on the hot seat. That's going to happen, right? It's just the nature of the business. Now, Marriott closed Friday at $115.03, down $6.81, or 5.59%. Now, 5% down on a a, a compromise like this, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think that's a big deal at all. It's down 5% on heavy trading, which is really nothing in my opinion, and pretty much stabilized in after hours trading. I was looking at an after hours trading, extended trading. I uh, didn't really see much going on there, meaning that so far there's no huge devastating hit to the stock representing this investiga- uh, in- investigate, investor outrage, right? Or even investors shorting the stock, thinking that the company's in big trouble or whatever, whatever, whatever. So shares of Equifax fell more than 35% after the company disclosed its own massive breach back in 2017. Um, and so, but if you recall, they largely recovered over that year that followed, right? And the stock really came back before diving along with other, the other broader markets uh, in mid-September, right? So they went down with, along with everybody else. But I think they were really recovering a large chunk of that 35% that they lost uh, during that time. So essentially, in my humble opinion, I am I, no financial analyst here, and I don't give financial advice but I, and, and certainly don't take it this way. But uh, I can add. <laughs> you know i mean the company's not in big trouble especially if we look at how these types of incidents have affected the finances of other companies who have experienced similar incidents in the past and you know and i do know i do know people are probably saying hey what about verizon you know verizon cut what it paid to acquire yahoo by 350 million dollars after the internet company reported its breach back in 2016 but guess what you know starwood's acquisition by Marriott's over it's over Starwood already got paid $13.6 billion. So I'm not sure if or how this incident affects that transaction. We'll see what the lawyers say about that deal. And I'm not an attorney, and I don't know the specifics, but we'll see what what comes up of it. It's going to be very interesting. And Equifax, we all know that they reported recovery costs of $400 million. They've been really diligent in saying, hey, we're you know, we're, we're losing money. There's a lot of people out there saying that they were making money from this incident, and I think there's a lot of legitimate points uh, around that. They're, they're saying that they reported recovery costs of $400 million from their 2017 incident. that happened in September of 2017, which affected 148 million people. Now, we look at a full analysis of how uh, they were affected. It gets really complicated, and I don't want to get into it too much right now, but essentially it doesn't look like the breach caused a lot of financial damage to the company. As we've been reported before, Equifax actually made a lot of money off the breach on identity theft services they offered to victims after the breach occurred through their partnerships. So, According to a Barron's.com article dated November 30th, JP Morgan analyst Joseph Gareff is quoted as saying this Our general view is that any damage done to Marriott's brand longer term will likely be minimal, if at all. If at all, he says, as the breach isn't as dire as last year's Equifax breach, and the company took quick action, and consumers are growing somewhat numb to these events. Now, I don't actually get the statement about the breach being as, 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 you know, not as dire as Equifax breach. I mean, by all accounts, this was a monster breach, man. This is is a huge breach of historical proportions. And it's one of the largest compromises of consumers' personal records ever. Ever. So it's a big deal. Let's not minimize it, all right? And In fact, it's second only to the 2013 Yahoo breach that affected 3 billion user accounts. And it's trailed by the, this Equifax breach that we're talking about back in September 2017, that we previously mentioned, and was also mentioned by Graft, with uh, involved 148 million people. Now, you know, compared to Marriott's breach affecting 500 million people, it's clearly a much larger breach. I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a, a, a huge financial analyst here, but I can add, and so it's a it's 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 a big deal. Okay, so I don't want to minimize it the the, the way he did, but however, I do fully agree with Graft's assessment that consumers are growing numb to these events. He's right on the money, man. Right on the money. I mean, they just are. Where is the consumer outrage over this kind of stuff? Really, this doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's not out there. It doesn't exist. They're being reported. No one's really saying anything. You know, you got some technical experts on TV talking about it. Marriott's going nowhere, folks. They'll be just fine. All right? They'll be just fine. Now, let's talk about what happened here for a minute because it's really important. I mentioned before that intelligence professionals are reporting that the data taken from the breach has not appeared on the dark web at all so it would appear that it's possible that because we haven't seen the stolen data from the breach uh appear for sale in the, in the dark sewers of the underground right that the motive of these bad actors may not be financial it might there might be there, there, there's other motives and that's totally totally possible so when we look at our threat actor taxonomy this type of event fits two out of the five groups of adversaries very well in my opinion the five groups and our threat actor taxonomy are usually broken down into organized crime, nation states, terrorists, hacktivists, and insiders, right? So this type of incident usually involves organized crime or nation states. It's just the nature of what's happening here. And and right now, some professionals in the industry are leaning toward the actors being a nation state, mainly for three reasons. And, And here they are. Number one, it doesn't seem like the actors were seeking financial gain, as I mentioned, and at least that is not evident as of yet. So this is according to a lot of intelligence reports that I've been reading in the news. So number two, the actors were able to maintain a persistent presence in Marriott's networks for over four years. So that's usually indicating that you're probably dealing with a very advanced actor here, right? You're probably dealing with someone, a very sophisticated adversary. And that's whether or not Marriott was asleep at the switch or not. It doesn't matter. And number three. Intelligence analysts have been saying for years that nation-states have been trying to gain a foothold in the hospitality industry to monitor the movements of persons of interest purely for intelligence purposes. And this type of breach fits that scenario quite well, in my opinion. So, as I mentioned to you before, one of the biggest pieces of data that I think draws the biggest concern is the fact that the location, date, time, and length of stay of some portion of the 500 million Marriott customers affected by the breach... We're compromised. And quite honestly, folks, any adversary that's able to track your physical movements is really quite disconcerting, right? It takes on a whole new meaning, right, when we talk about threats, right? So, so what's going to happen now? Well, lawsuits galore, right? Commence the lawsuits, and they're coming. They're going to come in droves, right? The lawsuits have already started flowing in against Marriott, and investigations of the company are being launched everywhere. I mean, as usual, the Attorney General of the State of New York was one of the first to announce an investigation into the hospitality conglomerate, and many other investigations by regulatory and law enforcement entities are expected to commence, and quite frankly, I think, I'm sure many have already. So, also, who who knows if this will finally prompt lawmakers to pass laws to severely punish companies who fail to protect... Their data. I mean, here from a New York Times article written by Nicole Perloth, dated November 30th. And I tell you what, I always go to Nicole and the New York Times to find out what's going on. She's a, she's a great, great article, great, great reporter over there. I've never met her, never spoke to her, but she's just got fantastic stuff, right? I love the, the stuff that she does. Senator Mark R. Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, said in a statement reacting to the breach, it is past time we enact data security laws that ensure companies account for security costs rather than making their consumers shoulder the burden." in harms resulting from these lapses. So it is very likely that some senators may be pushing for some sweeping legislation to more directly address these incidents. But who knows what that will look like, and even if it will be appropriate, right? There's a lot that goes into this. And when I say appropriate, do lawmakers really understand the cybersecurity threat professionals combat every single day? And, and who should be held liable and for how much? Uh, I mean, I think that depends on a variety of different variables, right? And so we can do a whole week's episodes with, you know, on that topic alone. But let's move on. And then, and then there's this from the same New York Times article. Gus Hossein, Executive Director of Privacy International, a group that supports strong data protection laws, said they, and I quote they, as in Marriott, can say all they want, that they take security seriously. But they don't if you can be hacked over a four-year period without noticing. Now, look, folks, look, okay? Sometimes I read mean, this sketch me all wound up, right? All the Monday morning quarterbacking being done here, literally within hours, within hours, okay? After Marriott announced the breach, it's kind of juvenile to me. I mean, I'm sorry, it just is. I mean, anybody who listens to this show knows that I am a huge privacy advocate, okay? I've had privacy professionals on this show nonstop, promoting uh, the privacy and privacy laws, and that I even usually fall on the side of privacy in the privacy versus security debate, okay? That's a fact. Go back and listen to the shows, listen to the episodes. That's a fact. But to be out there making statements about Marriott's security program or how serious they take their security program this early in the game is just plain irresponsible. I mean, yeah, go out there, be an advocate for privacy, do that, do your thing, but don't criticize a program or function you really know nothing about, okay? You really know nothing about. And we don't know what happened here. There's not a lot of information out there about Marriott's information security program right now, what their construct was, their budget, their leadership and governance models, their human capital resources, their security technology stock. And we don't know. We don't know any of this stuff. We don't know if a known vulnerability was used to gain access or maybe it was a zero day. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know. Maybe some of you out there know. I'm sure some of you do. But it just hasn't been made public. And we just don't know how the adversary was able to propagate through the network. We don't know who the adversary even is, what type of capabilities they have. All right. And so statements like this are purely agenda driven to fit a certain narrative. And they really lack some credibility in my mind. They really lack credibility because they're usually made by people who who don't really understand you know computer systems and security let alone be able to stand up a huge security program against and and, look, and, a, and, a, and a, look this is a big integrated network obviously with all these hotels and it's, it's a big conglomerate and everything so i mean they're going to have to stand up this secure system information systems uh and, and basically they're facing a variety of sophisticated adversaries, right? And these guys, they're they're colluding and collaborating like Fortune 500 companies without all the red tape, without all the laws, without all the regulatory and compliance rules, and obviously with a very big, and rightfully so, ethical compass when they do things. That just slows everything down, right? There's like a big, big, big cargo ship in the ocean being attacked by a bunch of speedboats. So look, folks, my first reaction to the breach is this. Task Force 7 is the advocate for the cybersecurity professional. Now, I know that cybersecurity professionals sometimes have a bad habit of eating their own in incidents like this. And, and for some people in this industry, unfortunately, it's the only time in their lives that some of these technologists really get to pound their chest and shout out from the rooftops, their technical prowess. You know. But, but please, let, let's exercise some restraint here, okay? Exercise some restraint. the strength. The smart professionals, okay, the true professionals, they know how to get all the facts before making definitive remarks about the capability of Marriott's information security team and, quite frankly, reaching conclusions, right, without knowing all the basic facts that we as crisis management professionals, as incident management professionals, incident response professionals, as cyber investigation professionals, right, we know we need to make a proper intelligent assessment of what really happened here and if it should have been prevented, right? So, hey, look, there's plenty of time for criticism later if if required. But do me a favor. Don't start shouting for the head of the Marriott CISO 12 hours after a breach is announced, right? Any battle-tested cybersecurity executive out there knows that you always have to announce a breach well before you're really prepared to do so because of regulatory laws and requirements. You might not even know yourself all the facts of the breach yet. Right? You might not even know yourself, but you have to make this announcement. And you, you wish you had more to say in some instances. I'm not saying that's the case here. I really don't know a lot. This is, this is breaking, right? This is just happening right now. We're just finding out this information. I'm sure there's more to come. But it's the rookies out there who have never managed a serious incident that, know, that don't know the difference, in my opinion, right? So one more thing, folks. Be careful what you say. Everyone is going to have a bad day in this environment. It's inevitable, right? Everyone's going to have a bad day, and someday it's going to be your turn to hit the 24-hour news cycle. And what you say today may very well come back to haunt you. Just think about that. Think about that. Be smart. Let's learn from this together. As we gather more information over the coming days and weeks, we could break this down into several different topics. I could go on for this for hours and hours and hours. I'm already way past what I wanted to do. I'm double the time I wanted to talk about this. But there's really so much to talk about and debate. I want to keep it as short and informative as possible so that our listeners could at least distill some basic facts about what is happening around the breach and what they should be thinking about in both the near-term and long-term as a consequence of the compromise of Marriott's information system. So, like I said, I could talk about this forever, but I'm going to wrap it up. I'm way over already. Thanks for listening to this TF7 Extra I'll catch you on the next regularly scheduled weekly episode with, no doubt, another great guest. You're listening to Task Force 7 Radio, the voice of cybersecurity. Stay frosty out there. Thank you for tuning in this week to Task Force 7 Radio. To learn more about Task Force 7 Radio, please visit our website at taskforce7radio.com. Be sure to join your host, George Reedus, again next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.